I get the honor and the privilege to introduce our guest speaker. He has served for many years in our sister church in Lompoc Foursquare. Um, he's a dear friend of Pastor Tim, long history. They've known each other for many years. I was hearing today all the way back, way back. And so we are so grateful that he's here with us this morning. He's going to continue on in our 260 series, and he's going to bring the word, and his name is Pastor Ben Fetterman. Come on up. <laughs> Yay. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what a joy to be with you. Are you enjoying the worship here? Yes. I've been around church a long time, so I'm just going to brag on the team for a minute. Don't hold this against me for sermon time. Where's the, where's the drummer? Is he here? Did he leave already? Okay, well, he's working with the kids, so there we go. And he went to Starbucks. So anyway... I'm a drummer since I was 10. That guy's good, man. You keep him around. And just the whole team, their heart, uh, it's real, it's raw. It's, I'm just going to tell you guys, I'm bragging about them. It's not performance. They really love the Lord, and it shows. And uh, I was looking around watching you worship, and, and people come to the front and surrender to God. This is great. Now, the first time I preached here, I was 25. That was a minute ago. And uh, I was pastoring in, in a Silmar, California, north end of San Fernando Valley. And a pastor that was here at the time uh, invited me to come speak. And I still remember that. Uh, I go way back. Uh, if, you're, if you're an old timer, Jack Hamilton pastored here. Uh, Don Long pastored here. Roger Wheeler pastored here. And about eight years ago, I was on the transition team that brought Tim and Kelly here. So if you love them, you can thank me. If you don't love them, uh, keep it to yourself, you know. I, I need to say a word about them. Don't hold this against me either for sermon time. But I've known Pastor Tim since he was in high school. I can be bought and bribed. So if you want info about him, I'll be happy to tell you. But I've got to tell you, every time I'm with them, Tim and Kelly, um, they want to brag about their kids and about being grandparents. And I say, can you say anything else? And, they, and then they brag about you <laughs> and all that you're doing for the community. And, you know, I remember when you built the soccer field and the playground for the neighborhood. What a great thing to do to love on your neighborhood. Not just keep the church inside the walls, but outside the walls. And Pastor Tim has been so instrumental in this community and the police department and other pastors in town. Um, you are blessed to have them. And so if I said I love them, that's an understatement. And uh, all the people said amen. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I know they're going to be watching this. So I did what you said, Pastor Tim. So, <laughs> no, he... He said, don't even talk about us, just get into the word. I have to tell you, he gifted me with a 260 journal. And I'm told there are some more out there in the foyer. This is a paid political announcement. And <laughs> you can get some, and if not, you can order them on Amazon. This is brilliant. Yes. There are 260 chapters in the New Testament. There are 260 weekdays a year. How brilliant is that? And then you read the chapters, like we read this week, Luke 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. I'm preaching all five of those. We're going we're gonna to be out at 6.30 tonight. And, and, 
But man, this is, you know, they're just brilliant. And I love the logo and, and, and just all of it. But the thing is not just to read the word, but to write down what God impresses on your heart. And then you guys are gathering together on Wednesday nights. I'm so proud of you at six o'clock to pray together. And Pastor Tim said, we're calling out to God to send his fire on our hearts, our homes, our church, and our region. And I'm just going, wow, how great is that? So, so let me guilt you a little bit. If you're not here Wednesday at six, start showing up. God could ra radically change your life. Um, we are going to go to Luke 15 today, but I want to just talk for a moment out of Luke 11. That's where the disciples are so impressed with the life of Jesus, they say, we, we want to do what you do. Lord, teach us to pray, Luke 11, 1. Lord, teach us to pray. We, we want to be students. So I was raised in the Jewish faith. And uh, we used to come on Friday nights as little kids, kind of like you had the safari kids in here. And, and our rabbi with this big, long beard would take his toilet, that's the prayer shawl, and stretch it out like this. And all the kids would come down on Friday nights for the blessing from the rabbi. It's pretty cool. And he taught us how to pray. And he, he taught us to raise our hands. By the way, would you indulge me and just raise them like this? And here's what he taught us. When we bless the Lord, we bless him with our hands like this. Lord, teach us to pray. Our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is praising him and worshiping him and thanking him. And then he taught us to turn our hands this way. Would you do that? Turn your hands this way. Give us this day. Jesus taught his disciples our, our daily bread. First, we say, bless you, Lord. Thank you, God, for who you are. You want to say that? Thank you, Lord, for who you are. <laughs> some, of you are some of you are looking at your, your spouse or your neighbor, your, your kid. They're raising their hands for the first time in church. See how we do this? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And, 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 and Lord, we bless you. Can we just say that? Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We don't deserve your grace and your mercy. We love you, Lord. And then we turn our hands this way and say, Give us this day our daily bread, Lord, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So here's a way for you to just think about Luke 11 and going forward. Next time you pray, you might want to do it the, the Bernie Jewish way. Raise your hand. By the way, raising your hand is not a Pentecostal thing. It's not even a Christian thing. It was a Jewish thing first. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Lord, we, we, we love you, and then, Lord, we receive from you. And always have that posture of surrender like this morning, we were so encouraged to, to, to do that and to give our lives and our hearts to God. Can I tell you the greatest answer to our prayer is God himself? Lord, this is what I want you to do. No, when we pray, God shows up. By the way, the Bible says he inclines his ear like a proud dad, a proud, a proud, a proud mom. You ever been to a soccer game where a kid isn't that good? Not, not yours. But man, they go to kick the ball and they miss it. And they go to, 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 to shoot the goal and it goes over there instead of there. And you know, and you see the 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 Tias and the TOs on the sideline. Oh Miho! Miha Tanchulo! Wow, look at you! And they're screaming, yeah, that's my kid. And you're going, but they missed the ball again. 
but they're so proud. Come on, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, listen, every time you show up at the throne of God through the blood of Jesus, God the Father looks and says, there's my boy. There's, there's my girl. And all of heaven is proud when you take steps towards God. When you, when you do your 260, when you read the word, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Pastor Tim gives you Saturday and Sunday off. But anyway, uh, that's cool. But at the end of the year, you're going to have the whole New Testament read. Wow. You're going to write down what God impresses on your heart. And you're going to have a journal that's going to be magnificent because you, you put it together with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the word. And so let me just remind you, man, don't be so hard on yourself when you're making a step forward. By the way, you should give yourself a big round of applause this afternoon because you went to church today. You know, or you're watching online today because some people decided to, to not go anymore. We got people all over the world just said, well, you know, pandemic and eh, excuse. Everybody's got an excuse. How could you have an excuse? Look how wonderful this building is. These chairs are really padded well. I, <laughs> I, I checked them out. Hey, I better get to the sermon because I'm just excited. Have you complained about the world lately? No, no, just, have you complained about the world? Let me tell you, the world is effective and efficient at doing worldly things because that's what the world does. But we need to rise up in our hearts and stop complaining about the world. Not, not, not you guys, I, this is for me. And start complaining a little bit about me not being as close to God as he wants me to be. You know, Moses was so transformed by God that he had a glow about him that people couldn't even look at him. The apostle Paul was Saul, and he was transformed on the Damascus Road, and scales fell off his eyes, and God transformed him in such a way that he wrote half the New Testament and started the church in Europe, and probably the, the greatest Christian who ever lived, the apostle Paul, he was a persecutor of the church. Can God transform lives? Well, there's one for you. And Isaiah was a depressed person. When God got a hold of him, God gave him a supernatural joy. Anybody been transformed by God ever? Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, God's still in the transforming business today. Now, here's what I want to tell you, and this is not just opinion. This is fact. Truth has taken a back seat today to feelings. Our, our dear sister in the care net, well, I just feel I have the right to take a baby's life. And after all, it's not life. And, and we put feelings in the front seat and put truth in the back seat. And here's what people say. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Let me just give you one. Thou shalt not kill. Well, how do you feel about that? Well, I feel like I, I want to kill somebody. So therefore, my feelings override the truth. We have the most depressed generation in the history of humanity, those 20 and under. And all they want is something new. They want a new TikTok video. They want a new phone. They want a new, they want a new, they want a new. Listen, um, this 6,000-year-old truth, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, right? This is the truth. And Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And by the way, he added and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't you dare let truth take a back seat. You let truth and the truth of God that stands firm, drive the life of your car, so to speak, and don't put truth in the back seat. 
But somebody said, but somebody said, but, but, but I don't feel that's right. Well, it was an old song. I mean, I'm old, dating myself, but feelings, nothing more than feelings. Anyway, <laughs> if you've ever let your life be run by your feelings, you know. It set you off the cliff, and anyway, that's another sermon, and we'll get back to the, to the message. Let's go to Luke 15. I, I, I'm the one that's driving it, so let's go to Luke 15. It's just good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Luke 15. Uh, Jesus told this story. A man had two sons. How many know the story? How many read the story this week? Even better yet. Yeah, good. Uh, the younger son told his father, um, give me my share. This is called entitlement of your estate and give it to me now. I want my life to be led by feelings, not by what's best, not by truth, because I'm not going to wait till you die. I want what I want when I want it, and I want it now. So his father divided his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and left home. How, how many people have ever drifted from God? Don't raise your hand. But how many have ever drifted from God? That's exactly what he's doing here in this story. And so he goes out and he wastes his life and his money on wild parties. And all these second and third cousins he never met showed up and said, hey, bro, do you remember me? No, I don't know who you are. I want some of your money, right? That's what happens when you, you, you get some wealth. And, and uh, about that time, the money ran out. A severe famine hit the land and he began to starve because he was left with what? With, with nothing. And he became so desperate and hungry that even the pig slop he was feeding to the pigs looked really good to him. When he finally came to his senses, could, could you just say he came to his senses? He came to his senses. The word senses in the Greek is also the word truth. He came to a place where reality hit him. And he wasn't going to deny his reality. He wasn't going to deny his circumstance. He was going to let the truth set him free. He came to his senses. Truth came upon him. And he said to himself, this is crazy. Or the word would be insane. Why do people live without Jesus? It's insane. Why do people run from God? It's insane. Oh, I'm preaching. Sorry, I'll get back to the text. At my father's home, even the lowest paid workers eat well while I'm far away dying of hunger. I'm going to return home to my father. Boy, the Lord stands there at the sideline and says, look, you're, you're, you're coming back. And we see later in the story that the Lord doesn't guilt him because this picture is a picture of Father God. He doesn't guilt the boy. He just says, man, I'm glad you're back. And he hugs him. Abrazos y besos. And, and uh, that's all I know in Spanish. But anyway, <laughs> he hugs him and he kisses him. And he gives him back the signet ring. By the way, the signet ring was like a credit card with no limit. The one who wasted all the money was now entrusted again with the riches. And all he had to do is put that signet ring, the seal of the family, into the wax. And he could have whatever he wanted. Listen, there is an inventory control problem in heaven. Did you know that? Inventory control problem. The angels called me this morning and said... Uh, Pastor Bernie, tell, tell all the people at SM4, we have so much stuff up here and no one's asking for it. You, you have not because you ask not. And the angels go, our warehouses can't hold all this stuff anymore. Tell the people at SM4 to ask for more because we want to give them the blessings of God, the spiritual gifts and the fire that would fall on their lives. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. 
And with that attitude in his heart, the right attitude, he headed back home to his father. And while the son was still a distance away, he saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran out, he threw his arms around him, and he said, listen, my boy has come home. Now, I want to talk to you about returning to God. Here's what I'd like you to do for just a few minutes with me. Put yourself in this story, would you? Where have you gone prodigal on God? Where have you allowed attitude, offense, grudges? Where have you allowed some of your thinking to become stinking thinking? Where have you allowed some of the truth to take a back seat? Where, where have you rewritten some scripture in your own mind? I, I just want to, I know I'm a guest and I, I shouldn't challenge it too much, but Pastor Tim would allow it, so I'm going to do it. Put yourself in the story and ask this question, Lord, am I as close to you as you want me to be? Let me say it again. Am I as close to you as you want me to be? Where have I allowed myself to, to drift? You see, all we like sheep have gone astray. You don't need to train us to go astray. It's just inside our DNA. We're human beings. We're, we're, by the way, um, if you do your ancestry line, I'll tell you where it goes, Adam and Eve. Huh? That's right. And guess what they did? They drifted from God. And they covered themselves with fig leaves that though he couldn't see them. You can't see us, Lord, like a little kid puts their, their face behind the, their hands. You can't see me, Mommy. You can't see me, Daddy. Yeah, we can see you. Your butt's sticking out. We see you, we see you right there, right? Right? That's right? And listen, where have you tried to hide from God? Listen, I have a word for you this morning. God is pursuing you. The Holy Spirit's on your tail because God is on your side and he's running after you. Guess what? Stop running. Put your hands up because you'll win. You will win in the end when you let God catch you. Lord, catch me because here I am. Now, if you want to return to God, it starts with this. Number one, if you're a note taker, you can write it down. It starts with a healthy dissatisfaction. The Apostle Paul had it. I, I forget what's behind. I strain towards what's ahead. You see, we're, we're sheep. I just told you that we drift. And here's what we do. We stand here with God, and all of a sudden we see a tuft of grass here. And we go, oh, look. Look how yummy that is. And we start eating it. And then we hear, and, we, and people say, come over here too. And we go, we go over there too, and we go over there. And, and, and pretty soon we are, I, I don't know if they can get me, but we are far away from God, and we go, how did I get this far? Hey, if God is far off, who moved? If God is far off, he's everywhere, right? And we run from God. And in this story, the prodigal son, we find out he becomes a PhD. <clears throat> PhD stands for poor, hungry, and desperate. I want to be a PhD for God. Lord, I'm poor. I'm hungry for more of your spirit. Come on. I'm desperate for more of you. SM4 is a place where we say we're poor. We're beggars, but we know where to get our bread. Come on. We're hungry. We're hungry for the things of God. We're desperate for more and more of Jesus. We will not deny our reality. Sin. Not that you need to hear this, but the old line about sin, that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you want to pay, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. Sin. It will separate us from God. And the Apostle Paul said, 
I've got a healthy dissatisfaction. I forget what's behind. This prodigal story, the son is looking at what the pigs are eating, and he started having a healthy dissatisfaction. By the way, I can have an unhealthy dissatisfaction. Uh, price of gas, anybody else? Price of eggs. Taxes, come on. Rain, too much rain, come on. You know, I got to wait too long in the Chick-fil-A line. You know, I can have a dissatisfaction, but I need to be more dissatisfied with where I am. And you know what people will do? Maybe, maybe they don't do this in Santa Maria, but they sure do it in Lompo. You're fine just the way you are. Yeah, but I need to get closer to Jesus. Oh, no. I need to read my Bible every day, 260. No. You're fine the way you are. Don't listen to them. Keep that hunger alive. Keep that health alive. I, I, had, a lady, I had a lady tell me, tell me, Pastor, sometimes you challenge me too much. You know, I've been saved 25 years. I said, no, you haven't. Oh, yes, I have. I said, no, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. You've been saved one year 25 times. And Christianity is not a one and done. We come to Jesus, confess our sin. We come to Jesus and confess that he's Lord, that he died on the cross, that he rose again from the dead. And we believe in our hearts and we shall be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that's Bible. But every day we stand before the Lord. God, the Father, I give you my life. Holy Spirit, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Fall afresh on me every single day. Come on now. Boy, you're sure easy to talk to. <laughs> hey, number two, be honest to God. Be honest to God. You guys all know what the word repentance means. It means to turn around. But in the Greek, it also means to say the same thing. In other words, Lord, this is what I did. And you declare it. You don't candy coat it. You don't blame your mother, your father, your upbringing. You don't blame the school. You don't blame the church. You don't blame the government. Lord, I have sinned before you and you alone. Luke 15, 18. Luke 15, 18 says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against earth. This is what the prodigal says to his dad. I have sinned against heaven and against earth. By the way, I've sinned against heaven, all that is holy. And I've sinned against you, the Holy One. Every time we sin, we sin against the word. We sin against all of heaven that's holy. And we sin against the Holy One. And I'm so grateful for the story that Jesus tells about the prodigal. He doesn't blame anyone. He owns his stuff. And when you own your stuff and you declare your problem, your addiction, your, your weakness, whatever it is, God can begin to heal you and transform you. If you say this, they all need to change. And remember when you point one at them, three are pointing back at you. Uh, uh, come on. And you've all heard this before. To blame somebody is to be lame. You, you'll think about it over lunch. Okay. Isaiah 59.2, your sins have separated you from God. Your sins have separated you from God. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame my kids. My grandkids are the best grandkids in the world, but uh, you can disagree with me, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> hey, by the way, if I held you underwater, which I would never do, I'm a nice guy, I'm nonviolent, you would struggle. But when you started to run out of air, you would be desperate. You would do anything in your power to gain a breath. Hey, I pray that you would be the kind of people that would be so desperate for God 
that you would say, I long for you more than anything else. The, the third thing is, you want to return to God, is you make yourself an offering to God. Yeah. I love the worship this morning again. Surrender ourselves to God. There's two passages in Luke 15, and, and I want you to see them. Here's two passages. Luke 15, 12. It reads this way. The sun drifted. Yeah, you got it, you got it up there. The sun drifted away saying what? What? Yeah, give, give, give me, give me, give me my share. But then in verse 19, it goes on to say this. He comes back and he returns to God. Make me a servant. Do you see the transformation? Give me what's mine, Lord. And he comes back after he comes to his senses and says, make, make me your servant. What's his demand? Nothing. What's his posture? The posture of a servant. What's his posture? The posture of surrender. What's his posture? I'm so glad to be here. And then make me your servant. Hey, every day you wake up somehow in your own way, ask God, Lord, today make me your servant. Have people cross my path today that need grace and love and mercy and acceptance. Give me a boldness to share my faith with someone. And some of you might be scared to share your faith. Just ask God every day, God, give me a boldness. Help me to pray for somebody. I have never in all my years since I came to know Jesus in 1970, that's a long time ago, I've never had anyone tell me not to pray for them. The gal through the drive-thru at Starbucks, hey, can, can, I, can I, you look down today, can I pray for you? Oh yeah, my mom has cancer, she just got diagnosed, thank you. Next time I go through, guess what, I tell her, Hey, Kayla, guess what? I've, I've been praying for your grandma. Oh, she's doing a little better. Never had anyone tell me. I'm a chaplain over in Lompoc with the police and fire department almost 26 years now. Never had a cop, never had a fireman say, no, no, don't pray for me. I've been out at Vandenberg Air Force Base as an honorary commander. Never had one airman or guardian now with Space Force say, no, don't, don't pray for me. Folks, people are desperate to know that there's a God who loves them and cares about them. We live in a day and age where people want to know the Lord. And if you will say, make me a servant, God will do that. Yeah. If you'll go out of your way to make a difference, God will, God will do that. Now, let me give you a, a Bernie Fetterman, okay? I love to text people. And I'll ask the Lord in the morning, is there anyone who needs a Bernie text? Because I want them to feel the burn. And names come to mind. And you know what I do? I'll just give you, a, and I do this with Pastor Tim. Hey, Tim. I call him Tim because we're buds. Hey, hey, you call him Pastor Tim, but I call him Tim. Hey, Tim, praying for you, watch this, as I hit send. And then I say, Lord, would you bless Tim right now? I don't know what he's facing. don't know what he's dealing with. But would you comfort his heart? Would you give him strength? Would you anoint him? Would you bless him in his leadership? Bless him in his marriage? Bless him as a dad and a grandpa. He's so proud. And then I hit that send button. You can do that. Yeah. Hey, I'm praying for you as I hit send. Watch, watch the response you get. Yeah. It'll be revolutionary. Okay, back to the message. I will get back to it. Romans 12.1. Because God is merciful to you, offer yourselves to him. He's merciful. And the last thing I want us to see, four points. I'm a preacher, four square preacher, four points. The father's response is this. He was filled with love 
and compassion. Somebody here or online needs to hear this. In your drifting, maybe you've not said yes to God, you've given your life to Jesus yet. You need to know this. There's God standing on the sidelines watching you live your life. And he's saying, if they would just cross over the line and come to me, I would make their life better. See, Jesus just doesn't come to make our lives better. He comes to make us better at life. He comes to change us from the inside out. He comes to to transform us. And so we look back at the story, we see the father coming out with these open arms. And I just need to tell you, and I think it's one of the reasons God brought me here this morning, is that there's nothing that's gone too far that God cannot redeem. There's nothing. Yeah, well, Bernie, you don't know about my marriage. Well, you don't know about my God. But you don't know about my kid. I don't even know where he is. You don't know about my God. My God cares more about things in your life than you care about them. My God is more concerned with your life and your eternity than you are with your life and your eternity. Hey, nothing's gone too far that God cannot redeem. So maybe he's been speaking to you before we read Luke 15 this week. Maybe he's speaking to you about serving. Maybe he's speaking to you, guess guess what, folk? Here it comes. Maybe he's speaking to you about your finances. He wants you to be generous. And you thought tithing was for everyone else. I'm sorry, it's for you. By the way, by the way, Tim would probably not like this because I I see how soft you guys are. Offering boxes in the back and, and, you know, you can give online. It's it's, it's pretty cool. It's it's, It's a nice way to do it. But you can't claim the blessings and the benefits of the tither if you ain't one. I just thought I'd throw that out. I've been tithing since I was 17. It's worked for me. You know, we did it when we had two nickels to our name. And you can't outgive God. So now we're back to the sermon. <laughs> Somebody's going, I knew they'd talk about money in church. If you're a guest, sorry. Uh, you know, uh, the sermon will really be good next week. So come back. But I want you to hear this. I do. I want you to hear this. God's been nudging you towards a deeper relationship with him. And God's saying, I know you've drifted off. It's time to come back. There's nothing that's gone too far that God cannot redeem. So we're going to pray in just a second. And I want to invite anybody here who's never given their life to Jesus. The home run for me would be that you would. Uh, When Jesus went to the cross, let me just say this to somebody. The rest of you can listen in. When Jesus went to the cross and he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. I know theologically that's because they were gambling for his garments and these guards who were crucifying him were giving orders to do that and no one knew fully who he was. And they certainly didn't know he was going to rise on the third day. By the way, there's no disciples on Easter standing outside the tomb. Ten, nine, eight, SpaceX, Falcon 9. I mean, nobody, they were not there. They didn't believe he would. 
They didn't believe he would. And he said, Father, forgive them. Can I just tell you, Jesus speaks down the quarters of time into your life and says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And he's standing at the edge of his driveway like the prodigal father. Where's my boy? Where's my girl? And God's looking for you today. So if this is your day, in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And if you've been drifting and hiding from God, today is your day to just embrace him anew and say, God, I give you my life. Father, I give you my life. Holy Spirit, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Would you just bow your heads? We're going to pray together. Lord, how we love you. But Lord, how you love us. You love us more than we realize this side of heaven. I pray that you would fill these people with yourself. I pray that you would fill this church so they can impact Santa Maria and Orcutt and Guadalupe and Napomo and the rest of the Central Coast and the world. Would you, would you do what we did earlier? Would you raise your hands to God this way? Just raise them. Lord, we bless you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we bless you. We thank you for the truth of who you are and how in this story today you remind us that nothing's gone too far that you cannot redeem. And now would you, you turn your hands this way as we're receiving a blessing? And would you say these words? God the Father, I give you my life. Let's say that. God the Father, I give you my life. Holy Spirit, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Have your way in me. This may be your day to give your life to Christ. Would you just wave your hand at me? If this is your day to give your life to Jesus. Yep, I see you, sir. I agree with you, sir. I see you guys. Yeah, I'm waving back at you. God's standing on the sideline going, yay! Here they come. Yeah, anybody else? I'm looking around. Yeah, yeah, you too, sir. Hey, I encourage you as we close today to come down and meet with the prayer team. They'll be down here. And just tell them, this is my day to give my life to Jesus. And if you've been drifting from God, would you wave at me and say, Bernie, today's my day. I want to get serious. <laughs> I want to come to the Lord. I want to believe that he's got more for me. He's not done with me. And that there's nothing that's gone too far that God cannot redeem. Lord, we pray this too. Would you say this? Make me your servant. Make me your servant. Use me for your glory. Let's say it. Use me for your glory. And now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I bless you. I encourage you to run with the Lord, to let truth take a front seat in your life, not a back seat. And for you to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray a blessing over Pastor Tim and Kelly, the staff, the leaders, the volunteers.
the Safari Kids leaders and everyone here that serves. God bless them, use them. And let this church continue to be a light in this dark world. And may we be on fire for you, God, we pray. In Jesus' mighty, precious name. Everybody said amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. You guys are great. Thank you. What an awesome word that was, right? That was awesome. Um, you know, well, let's give him a hand. Thank you, Pastor Bernie. For coming and lighting us on fire, right? We need that, and we're thankful to him for coming and sharing with us. Well, have a good Sunday, guys. We love you, and we'll see you next week.